And welcome to what I believe we can say is the first official episode of Bebop Banter, the internet's premier anime podcast. My name is on the blog W, but I'll be using my real name here, Wes. I will be one of your hosts, and I'm pleased to say I'm not alone. I'm joined by D. Hi, everyone. My name is Demetrius, but you may know me as D. Um, so I am pleased to introduce myself, and I can't wait to kick this off. Hey guys, I'm Saeed. If you're familiar with the One Piece content with us, that's all me. So yeah, excited about this. It's really exciting. We've done I've done the anime reviews for a while. Demetrius hit some of the anime reviews, as well as the amazing series about unwritten anime rules. And Saeed, like you said, has been doing One Piece. But we will be moving to this new audio venue. And because of this audio venue, we will be able to hit a lot more topics that maybe we didn't want to write about or maybe just kind of come off the come off the cuff as we think about it. We do have a plan for today though, and that plan, very near and dear to all three of our hearts, is to discuss the Toonami generation. So Toonami is one of the best gateways into anime that has ever existed on the western hemisphere. Mm-hmm. And it's really something that got each of us into anime. And none of us can even forget how it introduced Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, some of the heavyweights in anime into our lives. But one of the cool things I'm going to start to get into is some of the facts. So some of the facts behind Toonami, just a couple to name, is it's actually a blend between two different words. It's a blend between Tsunami from Japan and Cartoon. So that's how they came up with Toonami in the way that it is. And it started up in 1997. And that's when you started to get like more exposure to the bigger show titles. Dragon Ball Z's original dub uh, was first aired. A couple other things were shown on daytime television. Eventually moved to Saturday nights at nine o'clock. You guys remember that, right? (laughs) Yo, it made it hard. It made it hard. Mm -hmm. And you just remember... I mean, I personally remember waiting every week until Saturday at nine o'clock until I could see the next new episode of whatever yep. was hot at the time, especially, especially some of the big ones like Dude, and Dragon Ball Z. On that, on that real quick, before we continue with the facts, what was everyone's favorite Toonami show here? Does everyone have, have, have a favorite that kind of hooked you onto it? Ooh. Ooh. Mine actually depends based on the era, I mm-hmm. guess. Because there was a point... Well, before Naruto started, my favorite was probably Dragon Ball okay. Z okay. on Toonami. But once uh, Naruto came on, that that really like pushed me even more into anime. True, true. Uh, I would say I would actually align. I would actually agree with Saeed because I was heavily into Dragon Ball Z and I saw a couple other shows. I will admit I wasn't really like a big fan of Zatch yeah. Bell or whatever oh, it was, yeah. but Naruto was really one of the bigger ones that I got into by accident. That's a completely yeah, different for, story. For me, so. I'd have to actually say uh, like Dragon Ball Z was the big one, but yo, Roroni Kenshin on Toonami. Oh um, my God. Yo, Roroni Kenshin and G Gundam were like the big heavy hitters for me as a kid. Cause it's so different than everything else that was 
kind of on Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon or Disney at the time. Yeah. I'd actually watch all that stuff too, but like whenever Dragon Ball Z came on, I felt like I yeah. remembered that the most because I, I was most like I yeah, 100%. To me, I guess. Like I, I know I, I'd watch it as a kid, like Roroni Kenshin, Yu Yu Hakusho, and all that. Whenever it was on Toonami, but it wasn't until I got older and then rewatched it where I actually grasped. What yeah, the show that's was about. definitely like figuring out. Because if you missed a day or two, you had like, and sometimes I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but I feel oh, like yeah. they didn't show the stories in a hundred percent order or that type of thing. So anyway, just a just an aside I wanted to get out there. Yeah. Um. I would definitely say that Yu Hakusho and Roni Kenshin were other huge um, titles that really got people in there. So Toonami was doing its Cartoon Network block, like I said, from 1997 to about 2008 from the show notes that I read. And what's interesting about it is how how themed it was. Like, yes, there were cartoon blocks. Yeah, we had WB. We had four kids. We're not going to talk about four kids. Yeah, four kids. Toonami. <laughs> That, that one piece rat. Four kids gotta go, gotta go. Four kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yo, tune, tune in next time for the four kids podcast. <laughs> um, but Toonami, what it did was so different in terms of providing a venue for these Japanese cartoons, which we all know is anime. But it also was space themed. It had a host. If you guys oh, all remember Tom. Tom Tom was the man. He and it stood. And I just again, I was reading, and uh, that stands for Toonami Operating Module. They were really into this like machine uh, space theme, and it and it turned out really well. Everybody, if you've seen Toonami, you remember Tom. You remember yep. you remember those cartoon breaks mm-hmm. where they would show like a trailer for an upcoming show, and mm-hmm. it had like this heavy hitting weird soundtrack. But you would remember everything about it. Yeah. And those little random game oh, yeah. reviews they would do. And it just had this really Classic like, uh, it had this really hangout feel like come down, sit with us. We're going to watch some cartoons. And it just ended up being really, you know, like a home away from home or home within your home. Yeah. You look forward to like, if you're watching TV and you see the spaceship come on, you're like, oh, it's Toonami time. Yo, Stuff like that. It's Toonami time, bro. <laughs> I got a question actually. Uh, when Tsunami, when you guys first saw Tsunami, did you know it was anime, or did you guys just think it was cartoons? Because I just thought it was cartoons. I didn't know what anime was when I first was watching Tsunami. All right, so I'll, I'll go first on this one because I I lived in Japan from kindergarten through second grade. So before I even had exposure to Tsunami in the states, I had exposure to anime in Japan. So I kind of knew a little bit from that. But I also knew a little bit because my cousin, who's my best friend in the entire world, huge influence in me actually getting an anime. He's nine years older. So I remember growing up, I know we can't really speak to the the old days of having to tape swap with people that you meet on AIM <laughs> to try to get to try to get the latest copy. But I remember when Toonami, when it was a thing, it was a big deal for him. And that's kind of how like the Dragon Ball Z's, the Roni Kenshin's that I got into it was he would be like, yo, there's this block of anime that's going on that I don't have to actually go over the internet to find people to get me the latest, the latest episodes or whatever. So at least for me, just because of unique uh, family circumstances, I I knew it was anime. In my take, just me doing my normal thing and being a kid watching Nickelodeon and stuff. At first I didn't know that it was anime. I did know that it was different just because it looked 
10 times more serious. The story actually progressed like it wasn't episodic and cartoon characters weren't drawn with three fingers, but I didn't know it was anime. I just knew that I enjoyed it. I liked I just liked the whole dynamic yeah. of what it felt like. It broke away from like the episodic feel, I guess, Western I cartoons mean, I'd, had. I'd say they still have that feel, too, to a large extent. It'd be interesting yeah, now. True. I mean, I know we'll get into kind of the effects of Tudami later, but it would be interesting now with how anime is perceived by a lot of people um, to see if Toonami yeah. was still on that main block, what type of numbers they would see, you know, like because yeah. now people kind of I feel like it wasn't as exposed before. So maybe a lot of people tuned in and they were like, oh, this is just another cartoon. And they watch that not knowing it was anime. But now you attach the label to it that it's anime. And maybe the negative connotations that mm-hmm. being an anime fan comes mm-hmm. with. And you don't get the people right. watching it, but. Be loud and proud, people. But at the same time, that'll yep. be another an- another topic that we cover. But um, one of the cool things about Toonami is that it just really gave everybody that exposure, especially if you were just a kid checking out a couple things. And then it went away for a while. And the world just was and crazy. the world was the worst was just, place. Uh, madness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we needed Tom most he vanished. <laughs> then we had the housing market crash and all that other crazy stuff. So Yeah. yeah. We needed him back. and he's gone. Oh side note. Mm-hmm. I, you know how at one point oh, they yeah. redesigned yeah, Tom? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm I did glad not that I was not a fan back of that. to a classic. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I haven't watched that much of Tsunami now. He's more back to that classic. Yeah, he is. I was going to say, Tsunami's on tonight, Just too. a little fourth one break for those people watching. <laughs> but I think that goes on to that that note that Toonami's on right now at the time we're recording this is a good segue into maybe something that we wanted to really focus on for this podcast, which is the fact that Toonami isn't mm-hmm. as in the public eye as it used to be. It is currently, at least looking at my computer, it is 9.02 p.m. on a Saturday. Whereas I remember mm-hmm. coming home from school in elementary school, being able to turn the TV right on in the afternoon and have OG Dragon Ball followed up by Dragon Ball Z, followed up by Roroni Kenshin, followed up by maybe a Sailor Moon in there that I skipped because I was like, oh, I don't want to see magical girls, followed up by a Gundam series that are like, okay, fighting robots, I'm about it. Issue that that is kind of at the heart of at least the way I view Toonami now. And Saeed, do you want to hit a... You want to hit what you were saying earlier about maybe why? Yeah, I feel like it's not as in the public eye or it doesn't even have to be in the public eye as much anymore because of how the streaming content online is now with anime. There's so many platforms and options people have now. You don't really need a tsunami to push it. I feel like culturally, at least, the connotation behind anime is becoming like a more cooler thing mm-hmm. to get into as of recent times, at least. That's true. It's like it's it's like it's built its own subculture from that. You get a lot of people that are just interested because you have this group of people that are really interested in a topic. And that kind of brings, I don't know, interest to it. Actually, I'd give credit to Tsunami. I think it's because of Tsunami, it became more broadened because of what Wes was saying before. How kids would just come and just watch it. They grow up not knowing what anime was. And maybe now that they look back like, oh, I used to watch this stuff when I was a kid. Let me try again and to get into it mm-hmm. for like a second rebirth of like the for anime or and something like that. Like you were saying, there's just an abundance of streaming sites where at least as an anime fan now, like looking at the time that Toonami is on Saturday nights, I feel like it's aimed 
more towards the older audience that can stay up that late. Yes. But at, but at the yes, same time, and this is a thought that I was I was having at the same time, there's so many different anime streaming sites. Time to shout out people that aren't sponsoring us. But who knows? Maybe one day, Crunchyroll, yes. High Dive, yes. Verve, Funimation Now, uh, Hulu has some, Amazon Prime has some great series, Netflix, Netflix. Yeah, like there's so many series that also carry them in subbed version instead of the english dub that toonami puts out with full openings because i don't know if you guys knew this but toonami cuts openings yeah yeah, they do. yeah oh, i didn't so notice like they, that they shorten openings a lot they had jojo's bizarre adventure on i think part four is still on the only piece that i can say on the openings is that i can tell you for a fact that i know they played all of naruto opening five because i watched Yo, it every openings, time it came uh, on don't skip don't your do openings it. please we'll talk about this in another podcast but Oh man, I'm not I'm not a fan of skipping openings or endings. Endings maybe, but it depends. Yeah, I'll be honest with you guys. If you don't like the opening and you've given it a couple of chances, Fair yeah, point. okay, skip it. But don't just skip it because you're afraid to hear some lyrics that are in a different language or you're afraid to see something from the Yo. story because most of that stuff is layered that you won't be able to predict it anyway. I got a question. Do you guys listen to the openings? Every single okay, time you watch about the me, episode, then yes, I do. <laughs> okay, because when I'm binging a series, I don't. Now, like I will say the on openings. my second watch through of a show, I will watch the opening, like like when I watch through Steins Gate, I, I will watch the opening on the first episode and the ending on the first episode, and I will skip the openings. Yeah, I'll skip the I do that for sure. Endings until the very last episode that I know has the opening and endings. Okay, yeah, that's basically what I do too. I give it, I give it a listen for sure, the opening and the ending couple of times but when i get in a roll of it or if i'm binging a series i feel like i can cut that stuff out catch up and faster the whole cutting out openings just... and endings is just another interesting thing because even though bringing it back to toonami even though they shorten shorten the opening and ending the streaming services really a lot of them have english dubs too and i mean licensing is becoming a bigger thing for anime yeah, especially, especially when you look at the huge um, power that Netflix is getting oh, over man, anime. Yeah. It's title of Devil. I think May. they just got Hunter Hunter back. I thought I think it went away for a little bit and it came back. There's other ways to like watch that. anime now outside of Toonami, which is sad to think about. But it, it's it's really actually sad because if we go off kind of what I believe is our general viewpoint here, that Toonami is partially, if not in the majority, responsible for spreading anime here in America. It's, it's sad that when mm-hmm. the spread finally happens and you start seeing it becoming on the upswing, becoming more popular. We're seeing the fruits of that labor of that, like the early time slot. It's the fruits are yes. bearing now because that age group is watching it. But the generation, like when we were kids, these kids nowadays, Which it, it's sad, like I was that. saying, because you think it, it, it did so much to work up and build up anime culture and normalizing it almost i don't want to say normalizing it but getting it out there and then once and now the anime is i would argue as big as it's ever been in the west toonami is kind of just relegated to the side like it's almost in its retirement phase like it still has really good shows i think the last time i checked the lineup it had like boruto jojo's bizarre adventure i think they're still working through hunter hunter their lineup is actually pretty solid solid, it's a really solid lineup but it's kind of relegated to the side because of the availability of it now yeah and that just kind of like building off of what Saeed said over the fruits of its labor. Toonami did a really good job of bringing it to the to this side. But at the same time, yep. a whole bunch of other people like picked up the ball 
and started running with it, which is on its own really a good thing because it is more popular. But it is sad to see like it kind of just makes you wonder for the next generation of anime fans, like how do they get it? Are they getting it through maybe Netflix or Hulu, worst case scenario? You have all these all these people that grew up on Funimation that are now subscribing to these services and watching anime through there. You don't have, like you were saying, that equivalent for the younger generation that maybe doesn't have access to or isn't able to pay for, even though there's a free version, of course, but doesn't have access to these streaming services. So maybe there's just a reverse swing where there'll be a dip. Yeah, where there's the a dip and anime isn't as accessible anymore to the younger generations. So what I'm saying here is it's up to us older generation to to educate the youth of today. <laughs> To pass our will on to the next generation. <laughs> the will of fire. Yeah, the will of, the will the of, will D. of D, dude. <laughs> the will of D. Speaking of endings, uh, we just talked about endings. Just random thought. One Piece needs to uh, make endings again. Do they not? They've stopped I haven't while. watched the One Piece anime in a while. It's been a long time. The anime hasn't had an ending in a long, long time. You know, honestly, I'm 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 going to say something. It might be unpopular, but if they're going to have an opening and a recap... And also a preview. It kind of makes sense yeah. that they would. I mean, they're already taking out like seven minutes. I, of I, every yeah, episode. yeah, I understand. One Piece why openings too are long. I don't know if anyone listening has watched One Piece, but like I'd say that average anime opening is maybe a minute to a minute twenty, and One Piece openings can go for like two minutes, minute thirty seconds. I'm pretty sure it's like always one but minute and those thirty One Piece seconds. openings, at least last time I watched it, they feel long, and then you have the recap, like you were saying. Like, I guess they got to cut it somewhere to at least get some of the newer stuff in. Mm-hmm. I get it. He's gonna be the pirate king. <laughs> like last time, show on me the episode. Flashes back all the way to the first episode. <laughs> Works through every single arc. Here we have Luffy in a barrel. Sorry, we're railing One Piece. It's a great show. You should watch it. Hundred percent. Don't don't, don't do that. I would say actually, here's here's maybe. I I know it's not an unpopular opinion amongst us three. Maybe an unpopular opinion. Maybe a nice hot take right here. Only watch the anime up to the time skip. Ooh, hot take. And then stop watching it and read the manga instead. <laughs> yeah. Or just or read the just manga. Read the manga. Or read Saeed's manga reviews if you're caught up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Binging it for sure helps. Binging oh, it knows. helps for sure. He can, he can talk all about binging one piece. Yeah. Back when it had how many episodes? Straight like 500? School. I caught up in a month. It was oh, at Punk wow. Hazard when I caught up. Wait, was that at Punk Hazard? It was just about to get wild. into Punk Hazard when I caught wild. up. Wild. 2012, I think. But as you can tell, we're all huge anime fans here, and ultimate agreement is because that was Funimation. Or not Funimation. Funimation did part of it. It was Toonami. But you have things like Funimation, Mm -hmm. and things like Crunchyroll, and things like Hulu, and High Dive. I haven't looked into them, but they tried to get me to sign up for a free trial at Otakon. You have have things like that carrying on Toonami's torch. And I think it's important to always remember where the anime fandom kind of started. And to support 100% your official releases, be it through buying Blu-rays, be it through watching it on legit subscription services like Crunchyroll, Hulu, Funimation, everything that I've hammered down here, because that just shows how interested we're in. I think the only last thing that I want to say about Toonami is one of the things that I don't see in modern production dubs right now is how Toonami seemed to bring like a, this different flavor to how they did their voice acting. Because right now, I feel like English dubs oh, are really yeah. cookie cutter. Like I can hear Chris Sabat 
in every single Funimation dub or Vic Magnolia. Like I can hear them. I, I know their voices now because they're in so many different shows. But when you go back to all that stuff, and granted, mm-hmm. I was a kid, maybe I just wasn't using my ears as much, but it felt like they had so much more to their voice acting practice because Roni Kenshin, Jack Maltese, Yu Hakusho, again, another opinion. I think Yu Hakusho has one of the best English dubs that ever exists out there. Yeah. If you look at when it was produced way back when, you had a lot of these voice actors just kind of in their prime doing their different things. And I, I just worry that we're not getting that same value out of our English dubs because they're so cookie cutter. There's so many different things they have to put out. There's so many different interests. And I think Toonami did a really good job back yeah, in its, it's heyday. it's funny because I have, I watch, I don't watch English dubs. Uh, spoiler alert. I only watch subs <laughs> because that's the master race going on. Oh my God. But I have a group of friends that will exclusively watch English dubs and they will always ask me, what anime can you recommend? Of course, I'm not going to recommend the current season or the current core of anime because a lot of them don't get English dubs. But I look back and I have a list of the greats for English dubs. And a lot of them are coming off of that early Toonami lineup, like the Dragon Ball Zs, like the Roni Kenshins, like the Yu Hakusho's, the G Gundams. The Sailor, the, the English Sailor, Kogios, yeah, Kogias, the English Sailor Moon, I guess the English Naruto dub. I liked it. I'll, yeah. I'll it's, say it's it. not bad. It's not bad. A, a lot of the things I recommend, oh, Cowboy Bebop, a lot of the, a lot of the English dubs that I have to recommend to people that only watch English dubs are those older Funimation, or not Funimation, the older, the older Toonami ones. Like they just, there's so much more character in them. I feel like voice actors now have kind of found the voice that they like to tie to certain characters and they're afraid to experiment Mm -hmm. to go beyond it. Or companies maybe just are like, hey, people like the way Vegeta and Piccolo sound. Why don't you work that into the way that All Might sounds type of deal? We we don't know. We're not industry insiders. Saeed, anything to wrap up on Toonami? Support Toonami. Continue watching Toonami. It's basically it, I guess. Um, do your do your part and uh, subscribe <laughs> no. to PewDiePie. Do we well. have the count? Do we have the count on it right now? As of this moment, as of three nine twenty nineteen and nine seventeen p.m. I don't know. He's still there on top. Go. That's all I know. But there not go, by much. But, um, I'm I'm part Indian too, by the way. So um, yeah, subscribe oh, to PewDiePie again. Easier. But all right, folks. That was our that was our talk on Toonami. Before we had Demetrius and Saeed's final thoughts uh what i was starting to say and what i'm going to wrap up saying here and saeed touched on it in his final thought right there really do your best to support the official releases subscribe if you love anime to the Crunchyrolls and the funimation nows and the netflixes and the hulus and the high dives or the shonen jumps uh that's now 100 percent online rest in peace to the the physical publications that i used to love to get and don't be afraid because I, I will be happy to say that I have really good friends and Wes has let me use his crunchy roll. So don't, don't, don't be yep. afraid to buddy up and use the buddy system to actually like do what you got to do. Rules. I know there are going to be situations where it's really hard to not do that. And since this is episode one, like I was kind of starting to say earlier, we're to kind of throw a roadmap out there. There are going to be things we talk about where, yes, we had to read something that is fan translated on the internet. That isn't an official release that we would have bought if it was officially released, but we just didn't have the opportunity because it's not officially released or licensed by any company. Or yes, we're going to talk about seeing 
an anime on an illegal streaming site. We might even talk about what it was like watching anime on these streaming sites before the legit streaming sites started. Or you could talk about the YouTube AMVs. Oh my god. You just had to decipher through all the evanescence. And... Oh man. Where, where anime would be like, you'd watch a 10 minute segment and it'd be like part one of three, but then you'd see a part two of three, but it was from a different mm-hmm. uploader. So it would be like slightly off. And maybe you missed a minute, or maybe you have to rewatch a couple minutes. Oh, man. YouTube in 2006 was wild. But we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff down the line that isn't necessarily based off of us buying a manga or us paying for a service to see a certain thing just because it wasn't available. We always 100% support subscribing to those services, doing the best that you can to see something legit. Like the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie I know leaked online weeks before it was in America. But we came out in force and we made it for whatever week it came out. The number one movie in theaters. We got it to one of the highest rank or highest grossing anime movies out there, if not the support legit releases. Do what you can do. Toonami. It paved the path for us, man. It really did. Keep that torch Remember alive. Tom. Remember Tom. What would Tom think? What would Tom think? So with that, I think that wraps up this first episode. We're looking forward to many a week's ahead you can always visit our website at backlogbebop.wixsite.com slash backlogbebop at the beginning of the podcast we mentioned we have anime reviews spoiler free and spoiler filled done by myself we have a whole collection of unwritten anime rules done by demetrius saeed hits those one piece reviews and those one piece theories Ooh, Ooh, real hard every friday yes on top of that we have an instagram page just search backlog bebop on instagram we would love a follow where we post not only what we're gonna put out for the week we do like some merchandise highlights whenever we go to conventions we're always live blogging from these conventions in our stories we'd love for you to stop by check that out not as active on twitter but we have one again everything is backlog bebop feel free to comment on any of our pictures we love discussions or hit us with an email backlogbebop at gmail.com uh, looking forward to doing a lot more of these and Saeed you want to hit him with that outro to be continued peace